You heard of Pimp My Ride? Well, how about Pimp My Pram? <laughs> Listen in as I talk to the founder of Australia's first customised pram business. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Tim Reid. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Australia's number one marketing show. Well done for you deciding to tune on in. You are clearly a motivated small business owner ready to crank out some great marketing. It's Timbo Reid here, fresh back from L.A., Got a couple of names to drop in that regard very shortly. I know, I know, Mick Jagger once told me to never drop names, but I am going to do it. I think that'll be the last time I use that joke, but uh, it just comes out every now and then. Hey, uh, listen, big show. We have got to fireside chat with Tahir Baig, who, as I said at the start there, co-founder of a custom-built pram business called Rosie Baby. We cover some serious marketing ground in that chat. Also going to announce the winner of episode 185. You might remember there's a little competition there to win a $159 skincare hamper from Ryan at Cactus Skincare. And there is plenty more marketing gold to be distributed in this episode. So let's get stuck right in. Small business, big marketing with Tim Reid. So I am fresh off the plane from Los Angeles, got back a couple of days ago, and normally I'd have an editorial, as you know, at the start of this show, just haven't got around to writing that. Doesn't mean we haven't got a lot to cover. LA was amazing. I gave a talk at the Disneyland Convention Centre to a group of uh, financial advisors and it went really well i love it when my talks go well you know they're going well when you get lots of questions and people come up afterwards and what i did also was man the stand for the company that sent me over there in the expo so that gave me an opportunity to speak to a um a lot of the people who are in the audience afterwards. And it's just really interesting to hear what questions small business owners are asking. I think I might have shared this idea before, but the idea of listening to what your customers and your prospects are asking you forms great, provides great fodder for content that you could be creating, whether it be in a video form, a book form, dare I say, a blog post or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, it went really well. Um, I met one of the other speakers. How's this? One of the other speakers was a lady by the name of Karen Jacobson, an Australian lady now living in New York, also known as Siri, <laughs> and also the voice of the Tom Tom uh, navigating device. Amazing, hey? Kind of weird meeting Siri. So I got to meet Karen, and she has agreed to come on this show. Uh, in the coming weeks. Just got to set that up. So that's kind of interesting because she's built a really strong personal brand and he's obviously now on the speaking circuit as a result of becoming the voice of Apple's Siri. Uh, um, What do you call that? Application, I suppose. Uh, Whilst I'm in the business of dropping names, I checked in at the Beverly Hilton Hotel uh, at the same time as President Barack Obama. Yeah, how can you believe that? That's just like surreal. 
Tick that off the bucket list, like it was ever on the bucket list. Yeah, uh, register at a hotel at the same time as the President of the United States is going to. But that happened. It was amazing. Uh, saw his cavalcade. The security was out of control. There were dogs everywhere. There were people on roofs. There were men in black suits. There was just like metal detectors out the front of the lifts. Um, pretty amazing. He blocked off three floors. He had one floor and then the floor above him and the floor below him. So I kind of felt like I was in the safest place on earth at that point in time. Also went shopping down in Rodeo Drive at the Ralph Lauren store in Beverly Hills. And there is Jennifer Aniston. Happy days, Timbo. Going from Barack Obama to Jennifer Aniston. Actually preferred seeing Jennifer Aniston, I must say. Very exciting. Uh, and also saw Mickey Mouse because I was at Disneyland, but that was kind of less exciting. A bit over Disneyland, way too many prams, which is kind of interesting given my guest today. Highlight of my trip outside of the keynote that I gave was going to Six Flags Magic Mountain. 19 roller coasters team, 19. Very, very exciting times. I recorded a few videos that I am putting together right now, a YouTube channel. Haven't launched it yet, but I've been doing a lot of little one-minute marketing tip videos as I've been traveling the world the last six months, and I'll put that up in the coming weeks. Stay tuned. You'll be the first to know. But that's a little quick summary of my time in California. Now, are you keen to get your online marketing sorted I would assume you are, given you are tuning into this show. One complaint I hear from small business owners a lot is that they can't get a break when it does come to marketing their business online. They'll be having the worst experience with their website developer. The site will keep crashing. Design isn't something that they're happy with. It's just all these things keep going wrong. I tell them they need to talk to Net Registry because they will get your online marketing sorted. You don't need to be a pro when it comes to the internet because they are, and they may Make it all simple and straightforward, getting you a domain name, your website hosted, pay-per-click advertising, website design, whatever you need to market your small business effectively online. And better yet, because NetRegistry are proud sponsors of this show and want to see small businesses succeed, then you can take advantage of some fantastic exclusive listener deals. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and click on the NetRegistry banner and you will see those exclusive listener deals very effective and very cost effective as well or you can head over to netregistry.com.au and tell them timbo sent you now i've got this fellow this member inside the small business big marketing forum called christian mahoney mahoney marnie mahoney i'm going to go with he has got a business called The Retail Guy. Now, Christian has been a member for a long time, one of the original members, actually. And when he started, he had a business and he was doing okay. And then things happened beyond his control and he had to let go of that business. And he made contact with me, said, I really don't want to, but I'm going to have to leave the forum because I can't afford the the 49 bucks that um, that the forum costs. And, you know, like things would, he was doing it tough. Anyway, between us all, other forum members, we managed to keep him inside the forum, and he is going from strength to strength to strength. Um, One of the first things I did was, well, not just me, but myself and other forum members helped Christian identify exactly what he wanted to do going forward, and uh, he decided that retail really is his passion. He's a retailer from way back. And so what we did, we uh, he set himself up with a business called theretailguy.com.au, 
and I set him on a 31-day blog post challenge, which he delivered on every day for 31 days. He wrote a blog post, and that allowed him to get traction, not only in the search engines, but just for him to get clear on his message and what it is that he had to offer. Started to build a list off the back of that, started to get clear on some product and service offerings, and really, uh, it was just amazing to watch. And lots of stuff is now happening for him. In fact, I intend to get him on the show uh, in the coming weeks and months. He doesn't know that yet. It might be the first time he hears that uh, once he listens to this episode. But he put something. We have a part of the Small Business Big Marketing Forum called the Winner's Circle, where small business owners share their successes. And Christian wrote just last week, my first piece of fame, he says, did a 10-minute interview with a journo from the Courier-Mail, which is a Brisbane newspaper up in there in Queensland, who found me on Google when he typed in retail expert. It resulted in a one-paragraph uh, article published in that newspaper, and it's also in the Australian newspaper as well. Uh, now, that's just a great little win. I mean, it's great for Christian's confidence. It's great for his business. Clearly, he's starting to rank well in Google, and it's because he's creating really meaningful, helpful content on his website. And I'm sure that 31-day blog post challenge really helped him along there. But one of the things I've really noticed with Christian is he's leaning in and absolutely committing to build his business from the inside out. And it's exciting to watch. Well done to you, Christian, mate. You're in, it's just a, a wonderful story in the making. And I mean that, mate. I look forward to having you on this show uh, sometime this year. Hey, we'll just leave it at that. Well done, mate. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I was going to finish that segment there, but um, if you want to join the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, I like do it. Uh, I'm in there every day answering your questions, your marketing questions. So are a whole lot of other motivated small business owners. So head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and click on the forum button. In fact, why don't you stop listening right now? Join. It will take you two minutes, 33 seconds to join. And then come back and finish this episode. All right, let's get stuck into today's guest. His name is Tahir Baig, and he has a business called Rosie Baby. Let me spell that for you. R-O-Z-I-B-A-B-Y.com.au. Personalized, custom-built prams. Pimp my pram, as I said at the start. The business offers 64,000 combinations of prams. I love this. Um, you know, I think the personalization of, of products and service offerings isn't done enough. So I love what uh, Tahir is doing here. And that's what kind of piqued my interest when I first came across him, which was on Qantas Radio. I was uh, flying between Melbourne and Sydney, and he was being interviewed on Qantas Business Radio. Um, Rosie Baby has recently won the Nielsen Research Product of the Year in the pram category for 2014. They've had their product featured on Logie award-winning TV show House Husbands. Logie uh, is, an, is a TV award in Australia for your, for your overseas listeners. Uh, and oh, we cover a lot of ground in this episode. We talk about how he came across the idea, about launching the idea on, into the marketplace, um, developing a great business partnership with the other co-founder, Roche, his name is, um, how he's gone about overcoming buyer fears because Rosie Baby is a completely 100% online business. You can't buy them at retail outlets. He shares the best marketing he's ever done and plenty more. So it's a great interview. Pen and paper at the ready, cup of tea in hand. Here's Tahir 
from Rosie Baby. Uh, custom-made prams, huh? Yeah, that's that's right. That's uh, the idea that um, uh, my business partner, Rosh, came up with a uh, couple of years ago. Also going back probably around three years ago now. Well, the, the whole custom-made thing, like... I reckon it's underdone. When I first came across your your idea, I thought there should be more custom-made offerings. I've just literally last week I was in Disneyland. They had Build-A-Bear. They had Build-A-Ride. And I know we've got Build-A-Bear in Australia too, but I hadn't seen Build-A-Ride, which was basically custom-made toy cars. Then there's Nike ID, which is like custom-made runners. So where'd the idea for Rosie Baby come from? Well, um, it's an interesting one, actually, because uh, uh, Rosh was working in his uh, uh, parents' or family wholesale furniture business uh, for a few years before he came up with the idea, and uh, he, he was helping a client who needed help distributing baby products, and he was, so he was introduced to the baby segment, and uh, being the sort of entrepreneur uh, that he is, he put on his uh, business cap and started thinking, uh, you know what? What can I do differently? And he he saw uh, a big gap in the ba- in the um, pram market in particular. So um, and everything that had the sort of features he was looking for was uh, either ridiculously expensive or, or infla- inflexible and lacking in options. So mm-hmm. um, so he he went along and and started uh, figuring out whether he could actually make something out of it and. Uh, around the time that uh, he was doing that, which was around three years ago, he um, he he let me know about it. Like we, we're all friends from high school. Before so when, before he let you know about it, did, was just out of interest. Was his wife yeah. or partner pregnant? No, like we we were actually both single guys at the time, <laughs> which is kind of uh, <laughs> a very uh, fun funny part of the story. So um, so he's a true yeah. on, he's a true entrepreneur. He's yeah, like exactly right. He, he yeah, did not so. ex- he did not experience the problem personally, but he identified <laughs> no. a problem. So he's off. It, it was Rosh at this time then Tahir? Was he going off visiting Baby Co and other pram shops, just kind of road testing these things? Yeah, I think he he must have done a, a bit of uh, ground level research. I, I don't I don't actually know what he did in uh, his first few months, but I I saw a pretty thorough business plan after a few months, which is around the time that uh, he was looking at getting a partner on board. And um, uh, yeah, I think he 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 probably found himself uh, reading magazines that he wouldn't want to see other people classic uh, <laughs> looking at. Yeah, n- uh, not exactly so. a chick magnet kind of strategy when you you do bring a lady home and there's a a pram magazine on the yeah, coffee lying table. On the coffee table. <laughs> no, yeah. so I'm pretty sure he kept that all uh, all to himself for a while. So why did he then tap you on the shoulder as a potential business partner? Because I'm being quite literal here, but you know, like. You'd think you'd go and find like a parent, a mum, a yeah. mum, yeah, mum, no, yeah, a, like it's totally. A, it's a good, um, it's a very good question. So, Rosh and I knew each other um, since high school, and we we'd kept in touch uh, and probably become better friends through uh, through our uni years and beyond. And um, uh, what what I really what really attracted me to um, Rosh was his um, his business and entrepreneurial spirit and. Um, Especially, his, uh, he, he wasn't afraid to challenge the status quo and reimagine uh, the world in, in whatever facet like, or whatever topic we were talking about or looking into. He's a, he's a disruptor. 
Yeah, yeah, you could say that. That's probably a good way to describe him. So he, he is a bit of a disruptor. And um, certainly in his mind until Rosie Baby started when he sort of brought it to uh, brought the idea to, to fruition. And uh, I think what what he saw in me was um, uh, because Roche uh, studied uh, and was really uh, has been and, and still is very good at marketing and strategy and, and sort of the, the high level thinking. Um, and that, that's sort of something that's always interested him. And whereas I'm, uh, I've got an engineering. Oh, uh, you're the meat and potatoes. You're the nuts yeah. and bolts bloke. <laughs> yeah. So, so I have the, the sort of very analytical yeah. and, and critical thinking mind. And he thought that that was something that uh, would be, uh, would be a very complementary skill set. And, um, uh, and so he approached me and uh, asked me what I think. And um, we, what, I don't what even What were you remember. doing at the time? Um, at the time he first told me about the idea, I was uh, working um, as, as a consultant at PricewaterhouseCoopers. So that was my first full-time job mm-hmm. after finishing university. Um, so, so I was in the management consulting group um, uh, going out to various uh, big clients. Yeah, right. Like, uh, like big, some of the biggest companies in Australia. So you were trapped in the cubicle. Yeah, and, <laughs> so, and we, somewhat, we, yeah. we, well, somewhat. I mean, you know, there are degrees of being trapped. I know there are people who listen to this show who are completely trapped, others who are on the verge of escape. But um, yeah. tell me, uh, were you looking for an out? Um, I certainly, like, towards a, a couple of years into to working there, um, I, I was looking for uh, other other options of things to do. So I, I did a, uh, both Rosh and I did business uh, degrees as well. So mine was a double degree with engineering and um, I had worked at Ford Motor Company for a year as well, but during my uni years and then I thought I should try some of the business side of it and explore like what, what's there in the commerce field. And um, I, uh, I, I certainly was looking for something else because I, I found even though I really liked automotive, I didn't, even back in um, sort of 2007 when I was working at Ford, I saw that the automotive market wasn't really heading anywhere in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of PwC, I think a, a lot of people who start as graduates sort of look for other opportunities after a few years. So it was, uh, I was naturally around that, that phase where I was looking for the next thing to do. So have you um, looked at, you've looked at this uh, business plan that Roche has given you around yeah. custom-made prams, and have you just gone, oh, my God, this is like... This is like Meccano. Like I'm an engineer, and I can <laughs> I can see the next ten years of my life just putting prams together. What 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 excited you about the, his proposal? Um, it's a good question, and like what what you mentioned is certainly a part of it. I think the the whole like knowing that I would be the technical guy yep. at the company was certainly an exciting prospect because I knew that wouldn't come naturally to Roche, and he he'd be that'd be like the first thing he'd hand over to me. Um, but I think what, what excited me more was what I was speaking about before, which is um, Roche's um, entrepreneurial spirit and his, um, his willingness to just challenge the status quo and, and his kind of more risk-seeking view on things, which was quite contrary to what um, I had experienced through both my family and, and friends and, mm-hmm. and just um, – uh, through like the average person you meet on the street. He, he thought in a very, very different way to pretty much everyone I knew and certainly anyone I knew personally. So for me, that was always a very attractive quality in him. And 
Uh, a lot of people, um, even as recently as my wedding a few months ago, have described me as very risk averse. So uh, for me, this was my um, way of going. I'm really going to yeah, yeah. like now that I've got this opportunity. This is my uh, this is my chance to really um, do it side by side with someone who thinks completely differently to everyone else. And I, I don't think I would have done anything like this. Um, if Roche hadn't approached me or it certainly would have taken me a lot longer to find an opportunity or the courage or mm. a reason to um, dive so far out of my comfort zone. So, so, so me, did you, a whole lot of naysayers in your in kind of family, friends going, oh, Tohu, you've got a very big <laughs> job at PricewaterhouseCoopers. You're crazy. Yeah, look, I mean, the, a, a lot of people sort of question me after having got my double degree in, in commerce and engineering and uh, got a bit of experience on my belt in big engineering and commerce uh, or business companies. Like, why am I going and uh, looking and starting up mm. a business in France from scratch? But, like, um, I guess um, my parents were actually quite supportive in the idea and they, they did actually help uh, me out a bit and so did Roche's parents, even though they did question like what I was doing and they, they, they did ask like, you know, are you, are you sure this is what you want to do? But um, I didn't, uh, I guess I, I didn't find anyone particularly unsupportive, but by the same token, no one was there aside from Roche going, oh, this is great. You've got to go and do it. Um, and you know you're gonna get great experience out of it, and mm. so on and so forth. Everyone was a was sort of congratulatory, but also a bit uh, like you could see that they they wouldn't do it themselves. And yeah, they they welcome, were welcome to small business. Yeah, pardon? I said welcome to small business. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, so, you get a, but, you get a job at a big company, and people go, "Oh, you know, well done, champ. You know, you're doing beautifully." But when you say you're going to start something from scratch, there is, I don't know, from my experience and having spoken to a lot of people like you, there's more a sense of fear and like bewilderment as opposed to you know, that's amazing. Exactly, and it's it's not really, um, in my view, it's not really an indictment on the people. It's just that they're not familiar with it, and it's not something they would do. So, yeah. but for me, when when uh, I was putting myself in my in this environment, it, uh, and I think just general advice for anyone who's putting themselves in this environment is surround yourself with people who've done it and done it successfully, uh, mm. rather than uh, with the opinions of people who haven't done it. Like, there's no point getting in opinions from someone who's been very successful in the corporate world about how risky it is to start your own business. You'd, you'd much rather talk to people who, uh, who've done small business or, yeah. or been entrepreneurs and tried a few things and made something work. And I think for me, that's been the key to, to me um, uh, staying motivated and knowing that um, I'm doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, so important, Tahi. It's just, just generally surround yourself with positive people, really. Exactly right. Life lesson yeah. number 23, for sure. <laughs> hey, so you launched this thing uh, called Rosie Baby uh, yes. in 2012? Uh, yes, so we launched in uh, on the 1st of May 2012, so we're just over two years old now. Happy birthday. Cheers. And um, do you look back, and it's only two years ago, so it's not that long, but... Uh, do you look back on that first uh, that first pram you sold and get a bit of a giggle, or like tell us about that moment? Yeah, no, that was certainly very exciting for us. Like we um, 
we, we've still sort of kept in touch with the, the customer who, who bought it from us. <laughs> and um, yeah, we've, we've actually given her a, um, a couple of little freebies and she sent us a few photos which we've shared on our social media. And it was, it was quite an exciting moment for them and for us. And um, I think uh, well, what, what we found and what we learned as we were starting the business is that your first few customers are actually not too dissimilar from us in terms of being like crazy people with grand ideas as to how we're going to do things differently because they they are they are also risk takers in 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 buying a product which is untested hasn't been reviewed yep. a brand that has no name or no reputation and uh, so for us it was very exciting selling those few products not just because it was the start of our business but because we were um, uh, interacting and transacting with uh, people that uh, believed in our vision rather mm-hmm. than just wanted the product. So, well, what was the vision? How did you and what was it, and how did you communicate that? Um, well, for for us, I, I guess it it was that we can uh, offer something that's uh, affordable, flexible, uh, exciting, and is completely unlike anything else mm. um, out on the on the market. So. Uh, anyone who's been to our website will, will probably go to the pram builder and, and have a look at uh, how you can change all the colors and the wheel options. So it basically uh, is like Lego. You can change the color or configuration or look of it at the touch of a button. Mm-hmm. And um, this was this was an exciting thing for, uh, for, for people even when we were, uh, before we'd launched the company, when we were building the website and we, we had a concept of the pram builder. We were showing people like, uh, uh, I remember when we were doing a video shoot in, uh, uh, in, in a small, like, uh, it was one of those little terrace houses, which oh, has yeah. got commercial premises downstairs and, uh, got a few, um, hippies living very happily upstairs doing their photography and renting out their studio. <laughs> yeah. And we had these, these young 20 something boys with, uh, dreadlocks and beards really excited by the brand builder so it was, it was quite a thing to see so yeah you um, know you've kind of got something you know you're onto something then yeah exactly right <laughs> so, I, I tell you what speaking of vision and the way you described it again reflecting back on disneyland last week uh yeah. That is Pram Mania, and I, I not I have no interest in prams right now. My children are well and truly past that, but yeah. I, I, I do, and I didn't know I was going to be talking to you at this stage, and I do reflect. I, I remember a couple of moments where I've gone, wow, they're pretty nice wheels. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's um, right. It's all, all of a sudden, you know, like it's become a bit of a status symbol. Got the car sorted out, got the Audi in the car park, just need yeah. to make sure I pull the right pram out of that boot. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's very much what's been happening in the last sort of uh, probably ten years or so. As uh, I think it, it's been a, a trend for people or for couples to have children uh, as they get a bit older, because uh, now compared to say uh, my parents' generation, uh, it's more common for for women to enter the, the workforce and and have a career before they have children. Mm-hmm. So uh, what comes with that is that. They've more got money. more disposable income and they, um, they want more in return. So um, all these really high-end pram brands have come out to, to sort of meet that need. And it's, it's happened uh, throughout the baby segment um, in more than just prams. So you, you'll see a whole bunch of new 
new innovations and things yeah. that didn't exist even when when I was a baby. So, yeah, yeah, we, we push around in those stroller things that were probably half the reason I've got a sore back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tell That's me, right. uh, yeah. taking it to market, taking Rosie Baby to market. I, I know yeah. I speak to a lot of small business owners, and even around marketing, people just say, "Oh, yeah." Like I say, "Why haven't you got your website live?" Or "Why haven't you embarked on that podcasting or video strategy?" I was like, "Oh, we're waiting for it to be perfect. I haven't got everything in place <laughs> yet. I haven't got this." Um, did you just get something to market to here that was far less than what you really saw this business as being? Or yeah. did you actually wait for it to be perfect? Well, I think it's a very good question. I think for us, there were certain elements that needed to be perfect. And there were other things that we knew that would perfect themselves just through through experience and just through evolution of the business. Um, and we, we recognize, and this is why for me, it was great to have Roche because Roche uh, Rosh is expedient, whereas I'm very detailed. Yeah. So with the combination of our natural inclinations, um, Rosh would um, tend to expedite everything, and I would question and say, "Well, uh, what if we spend a bit more time on this?" And mm. uh, what, what what we found is that we were consciously um, uh, checking each checking other each other. Yeah, and so what, what we found is that we, we got a, a really good compromise on the things that can be done quickly uh, and with, uh, with a few more questions uh, as to whether they're going to work and the things that really needed to be done well, like, for example, the, um, uh, the pram builder, mm. uh, that, that was something that we, we, we sort of questioned a few times because at the start we were going to, for example, have just uh, just – like a photoshopped color uh, to to uh, like uh, just get a graphic designer yeah, right. to make something to represent what it would look like. But you've gone uh, and the actually colors would be very flat and not at, the texture wouldn't actually represent what it looked like. And we had a look at a few concepts and it kind of it was a halfway there thing. Um, mm-hmm. But we we sort of questioned and said, look, is there a way that we can actually do this so that it uh, it looks like the actual product? And with and all it required was for us to ask the question. It didn't actually require that much more effort or mm-hmm. expense to do it. It just required us to ask the photographer, you know, can you recolor all of these individual fabric components which make up the uh, pram builder image? And they said, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. It's only a few hours extra work. And so, um, you know, with, with that, that uh, asking those few extra questions allowed us to put, put a bit more effort into things that really mattered. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that the, the short answer to the question is um, uh, yes too- and no. <laughs> I was going to say, it's too late for the short answer. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit too late for that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was. Um, that's great. I mean, because you know that whole um, getting it to market thing. I mean, I'm sure there's people listening to this that are sitting on sitting on ideas that probably could have been to market two years ago, but for whatever reason they've decided to hold back. And um, yeah. you know, it's sort of like launch day is not the end. Like I think people see the launch day as like it's really just the start. And I'm sure if you reflect back on those first two years, what you've added since. Selling that first pram has been quite significant, and if you had have waited yeah. for all those ducks to be in a in a row, you'd still not have gone live. Yeah, we'd not have gone live, and we wouldn't be as progressed as we were because we wouldn't have learnt uh, the things that are necessary to learn when you're actually 
selling a product and like, uh, you know, e- even things down to the customer experience on the website, you get feedback on those things within days of making a change or mm-hmm. uh, sometimes within hours. And, uh, and then, of course, there's, there's things with the, if you're selling a physical product, you, you'll get feedback on the product itself. And we've uh, already within 18 months, we've had three iterations. So we're up to the third generation pram, which now has an adjustable height handlebar and uh, the option of a second child seat. And they're things we didn't start with, um, but have now, um, they're now very sort of significant strings to our bow, which are big selling points that mm. we didn't have at the start. So, um, like, we wouldn't have known what the most important features are to add had we not launched the product and had, had we not launched the business. Am I, am I right in saying there are 64,000 combinations of Rosa Baby prams? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you combine all the wheel combinations and all the colour combinations, and that's not even including accessories, so there'd probably be well over 100,000 at the moment. What's the, what's the most fun accessory you could add? Air conditioning? <laughs> we wish <laughs> maybe down the track yeah but, an ashtray um, uh not quite an ashtray we've got a snack tray though oh, of course <laughs> of course fast food babies yeah that's right so we've got a, a snack tray for the kids and we've got a parent pack for the adults which has got two drink bottle holders and a zip-up pouch right and where, where does handlebar. baby where does baby put his his or her iphone uh, his or her iPhone, uh, we'll probably have to make an accessory for that. It might be an add-on to the Snapchat. <laughs> I tell you what, I reckon if we spoke in five years' time, the fancy pram would be quite amazing what it had come with. Bluetooth, air conditioning, you know. Uh, is it, can, 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 Tell me, is there one with an inbuilt, like, screen, DVD or something? Uh, not that we ha- like, not, not that we've sold as an accessory, but right. I wouldn't be surprised if people have bought uh, like uh, clip-on um, accessories for their yeah. bar or even their kids because the the child on the seat unit has got a bumper bar which is a similar size and shape to the handlebar ah. so they can probably clip on like a, a little iPad. Or- it is a matter of time, Tahir. Yeah, that's right. It is a matter of time. <laughs> now, listeners, I am speaking to the co-founder of Rosie Baby Custom-Built Prams, Tahir Baig. And uh, Tahir, Tahir, let's talk marketing. Um, yeah. love, uh, love a bit of marketing banter. First of all, sure. where'd the name come from? That's an interesting one. So um, this came a little bit before I came on board, but the story goes, so Rosh was working in, uh, with his uh, uh, father in, in the uh, wholesale furniture business and uh, they were toying around with ideas, and his father coined the name, uh, the first bit of the name, Rosie, which is the first two letters of uh, Rosh's first name and the first two letters of his sister's name, which is Zeba. Uh-huh. So that's where Rosie came about, and it had a nice ring to it. So Rosie Baby stuck, and it just so happens that uh, Zeba got her full name in there. I was just going to say, the, first, <laughs> the, the B&A of Baby, yeah. well, oh, she's done very well. Yeah, so um, the secret favorite child. Do you is, love the uh, name? The story. <laughs> it is like we we really enjoy it, and um, I think it uh, for us it it sort of the the word Rosie kind of speaks the the kind of um, the language and the image that we that, that we want to portray for the company. Right. So. Um, and, and also quite a bit of work went into the design and selection of the logo as well. So Roche put out a um, uh, basically a 
a submission onto 99designs, which yep. is a site that allows people to, or designers and otherwise, to submit uh, designs based on a particular brief. Mm-hmm. And um, he selected the best one who happens to be um, a, a designer based in the Ukraine who's a single father who does farming by day and graphic design oh, by Oh, beautiful, time. beautiful. So, um, yeah, and he, we've used him for all of our graphic design uh, ever since. Fantastic so. site, 99designs, and quite a beautiful logo. Sort of like a, what are we talking there? It's like a hummingbird, an orange it is humming- a hummingbird. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's a hummingbird. That's well, exactly. and I bet you didn't at that point know that Google's most recent update to their algorithm was called the Hummingbird Update. Okay, there Be- you go. Because their algorithm is fast and accurate, like your prams. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So who would have thought? So, okay. Now, you are a completely, Rosie Baby is a completely online business, which I find yes. interesting, which all of a sudden raises the issue <clears throat> yep. of consumer fears because there are a yep. whole lot of fears of buying yep. things online still in today's yep. day and age. And you would argue that the higher involvement, the purchase decision, uh, the more fears there are. You know, yep. is it what's the quality like? Is it really going to arrive? Are they going to provide yep. good backup? All these yep. kind of fears that stop people buying from a business like you. What have you done to address these fears? That's a very good question because it's probably the biggest limitation of um, our business as it is. It, it also gives us some of the biggest opportunities that we have. Um, so what we what we do is we, we are very, very responsive and very detailed in our feedback and, and response to people's queries um, before purchase and after purchase. So um, we're available by telephone. So we've got a big 1-800 number that we advertise on our website. Uh, we've got uh, contact us submission, uh, contact us forms, which come straight to our emails and uh, email, uh, like a straight email address that you can use. Uh, we have an online chat, which we get onto as often as we can. And uh, we try and respond to email inquiries uh, within a day, unless we're super busy, in which case it might be a couple of days. Um and phone chats, we uh, because it's a one eight hundred number, we're basically telling people we want you to call us, and uh, we're happy to talk to you about um, any issues uh, or any any questions you have, any fears you have about the buying process, etc. So we try and um, uh, basically quench any fears mm. through good communication. Um, of course, before that, we've got uh, we try and give as much information as we can on the website. Uh, uh, we also encourage customers to post reviews and we, we also have uh, a, a little uh, box on uh, like a little frame on our website with uh, the latest reviews from productreview.com.au mm. so, so that people can see that other, other people uh, have reviewed and, and liked the product. So we, we try and do as much as we can even before they make contact with us to uh, allay some of the common fears. Um, of purchasing uh, online uh, and we, we also have a, um, a money back guarantee policy as well so uh, if if you're not happy with it you can return it within 14 days and we just charge a an administration fee of $35 no matter where you are in the country do you so, need to do you, do you need to do that what is why why even charge wouldn't it be better like a no strings attached 14 day guarantee we we did think about it but I think the what we wanted to avoid is people just pressing the buy button 
um, because there's yeah. no, uh, no, there's skin, no the, no skin in the game. Yeah, so we, we wanted to attach a small, uh, like a small investment to, for the privilege of trying it because with the $35 restocking fee, if we take the sending postage cost, the return postage cost, um, our time, uh, both in the pre-sales process as well as the packing, sending, um, courier labeling and so on, the 35 is actually quite, um, quite cheap. And if you take into, uh, one thing a lot of people forget is that when they go to a baby store, they're actually spending a lot of time and effort. They're getting in their car, they're putting petrol in the car, they're having to service the car. So they're actually spending a bit of money to go and, and look at products, uh, out in mm-hmm. traditional baby stores as well. So, so we, we thought we, we needed to put some level of investment into it. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's the only way to do it or that it's necessarily the best way. It's just the way that uh, we, we've tried a few different uh, ways and so far this is the best one, the, the best compromise mm. that we've found so far. So, so Tahir, talking of baby stores, because my next question yeah. is about how on earth do people find you? The whole idea, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of uh, parents or would-be parents sitting around going, yeah, let's get a custom-made pram because it's just not on their shopping list. Or correct me if I'm wrong, because my kids are all teenagers and maybe the whole concept of a custom-made pram is on people's shopping list these days. But how do they find you? Because they're all going into Baby Co or Target or wherever you buy prams these days and they're seeing the prams and they're buying them. How do you, yep. how do you um, get into that? How do you get onto the shopping list? So um, that's probably <laughs> the other very good question as well. <laughs> um, getting getting people to um, our brand, like I guess our long-term vision is that we want to be a brand that is almost like a, a household name. So people, when they're going to have a baby, they know that Rosie Baby is, you know, one of the, the recognized, um, respected brands, uh, represents great value for money, great customer service, and so, on, so forth, and so on and so forth. But at the start, uh, we've been, we've experimented with different um, ways of advertising. And I think the um, most effective form of advertising we've found is Google AdWords. Uh, and what we're trying to do is capture people who are looking for uh, who are doing pram research, either general research or they're looking for a specific model online. Yep. And we sort of captured them when they're in that discovery phase. Uh, or if they're looking on review websites, we try and target the review websites as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I, imagine, I, I expected you to say Google AdWords. I mean, I think you could... Yeah, because it'd be so much research being done by parents on what pram to buy. And if you're popping up there time and time again, both, I'm guessing, uh, text-based ads and banner ads, you're remarketing as well? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah we, we do remarketing as well to reinforce the brand to try and make us appear to be um, perhaps bigger than what we are. But I think we're <laughs> we're actually starting to, to get towards uh, the the size that we're project the appearance of being um, as time goes by because our, our sales, for example, in our last uh, shipping container, which came a couple of weeks ago, we've um, sold out more than half of it and we're likely to be completely out in a few weeks' time. Great problem but, um, to have. 
Pardon? I said that's a great problem to have. It I, is a great problem I, I, to have. I, on that Google AdWords thing, I interviewed, um, I would say, pretty close to Australia's leading expert on Google AdWords, Mike Rhodes. I interviewed him a few months ago, and uh, he's yep. also done a, a, an exclusive webinar within my forum. And he basically says, you know, he, he goes as far as calling Google AdWords a money tree. It's the closest he's found to an advertising money tree. He said, you know, if you, you're spending a dollar on AdWords, you should be getting multiple dollars back. And I, I have seen that often. Yeah, and that's what we've um, we, we found compared to any other form of advertising. And I think also the fact that it's measurable. Mm. Um, so when we were doing advertising in magazines, like we didn't really know um, how to measure its its impact. So um, no, no one does. <laughs> no, of course, and like no, none of the so-called experts or the magazines that you're spending money on, mm. um, no matter how many glossy flyers they send you there's no like hard data or convincing data on how um how they're going to measure our return on investment with google adverts it's it's a lot easier to see so um, are you managing that yourself or are you outsourcing your adwords management we've we've done a bit of both in the past right now we're managing it ourselves but Hmm. we've got a a new website coming up in uh, a month or so and the the company we're using is a full service agency so they'll be managing our adwords as well yeah right they they said they they actually um outsource to a specialist google adwords agency who's got um a some ridiculous return on investment so they Hmm. they basically said something similar to what um you would have heard from Mike Rhodes, which yeah. is like spend as much as you can on AdWords uh, to uh, spend as much as you can afford because you you get multiples upon multiples of return on investment yeah. if you do it right. And well, and they're in like, like everything, if you do it right. So listeners, don't think that you just start an AdWords campaign and income the inquiries and the sales. But, yeah. you know, if, if there are certain there's certain things you get right, like the copy in your headline, where yeah. you're linking to, don't just link to your homepage, but link to a page that's relevant to your ad, which is relevant to the search. And, exactly. you know, yeah. yes, absolutely, there are things you need to get right. But, gee, it's not as, it's not as hard as you think it is and uh, beautifully yeah. measurable and accountable. So what else do you do, Tahir? You got, um, I noticed just looking through your, your things, you, you, you're pretty good on publicity. You've, you've managed to get your one of your prams appear in a TV show called, remind me, House Husbands? House Husbands, yeah. <clears throat> How'd that right. happen? Yeah, so um, th- this is actually stems back to our early days. So a few months into our launch, we, you, you know, like publicity for a new company is invaluable. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, so Roche reached out to all of the major television networks and said, do you need a pram for any of your shows? And, Brilliant. Um, in- initially, we, uh, they said, oh, you know, thanks for cont- contacting us. We'll let you know if anything comes up. Mm-hmm. So um, we just left it at that. And uh, a few months later, it took a good three or four months later, and uh, Channel 9 Studios called us up and said, uh, we need, uh, we'd like your pram to come in for a, or, an audition for the second <laughs> series of House Husbands. So, Gee, I bet um, the pram got nervous. Some other, pardon? I said, I bet the pram got nervous at that point in time. Yeah, I think it was shaking as it <laughs> yeah. went out the door. So. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Just out of interest, uh, you say yeah. uh, Rosh contacted the TV stations, what did he do? Did he write a letter and drop it at reception or did you identify the best contact? How do you do that? Um, that's a, I'm not sure exactly what he did, but I, I think he, he 
contacted, he basically went on the web and found out uh, how to contact the production studios yeah. and eventually for each uh, studio got through to the best contact person to leave our details with. Um, so they, uh, I imagine the studios have got uh, someone or a group of people that are in charge of um, uh, accessories and props for the shows mm-hmm. that they record themselves. So, so, uh, so, we- so besides you being able on your website to say, hey, you know, our prams, you know, as as used on a Logie award-winning show, yep. uh, which is that's great. That's a great credentializer. Has anything else? Yeah. Has that has that got you sales? Um, yeah, we certainly think it has because we uh, we always ask our customers whenever we, especially if we speak to them on the phone, but um, often by email as well, how did you first find out about Rosie Baby? And uh, when the uh, our pram came on to the uh, season two of House Husbands, we did notice quite a few people had cited uh, the show as the first place that they'd seen it. So mm-hmm. it certainly um, has driven some awareness for us and some sales um, initially and you know, as with any PR activity, the sales aren't always immediate. It's often just reinforcing and introducing a brand, yeah. which then gets stronger in people's minds. So, um, yeah, it certainly did have a big effect, especially relatively at the time when we had little other PR um, to uh, that, that was out in the market. But for the last four months, we've actually had a very good PR company we've been working with that have uh, got us plenty of um Articles, including the uh, the Age article, which I think Paul uh, saw, um, your producer. So, um, so that's yeah. interesting. So uh, let's just finish on that because again, uh, I think more small businesses should be doing this. So you've actively employed a publicist. Uh, yeah. They've helped you identify an angle or a number of angles, yeah. probably, depending on which uh, media you're going to target. You've yeah. then, off the back of those um, angles, created stories and yeah. put it out there, cast the net wide to, well, I'm guessing, uh, hopefully above the line and online bloggers, yeah. podcasters, and yeah. others. Yeah, that's right. And um, <laughs> then you're just, you know, in come the story. So you have had, I mean, for overseas listeners, The Age is one of the biggest newspapers in Australia. Um, yeah. I, I found Tahir by, uh, I was travelling, I was flying between Melbourne and Sydney and listening to Qantas Radio, and Tahir was being interviewed on that. So um, you can't underestimate what that uh, that kind of publicity can do. It may end up getting you on the small business big marketing show. <laughs> That's mm. right. Yeah, it certainly does have a snowballing effect and we, we've had a, a couple of um, pretty impressive uh, you know, companies and people such as yourself approach us. Stop whereas, it. <laughs> until until a, a month or so ago, we've, uh, we've been doing all the approaching or our PR company has been doing it. So it's nice to see when yeah. it, uh, it sort of the favor gets returned. Do you mind so if I ask what you paid for that PR strategy? Is it a one-off fee or how No, you- we're spending a few thousand a month on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we... Uh, very happy with the company, and uh, we—they're called Click PR. They, okay. they actually specialize um, with um, disruptors and um, uh, and entrepreneurs uh, and, and, and companies companies like ours, and probably companies like a lot. Uh, Fantastic of the ones that your readers listen well, to. Well, listeners, if you call or contact Click PR, tell them Timbo and Tahir sent you because. Uh, that's always a good thing. I'm amazed at some of the things. Something special is going to happen for, as a result of being on this show, Tahir. <laughs> it awesome. will. 
I've had some great uh, feedback of recent times from from guests who have said, "Oh, you wouldn't believe it, but such and such, you know, blah blah, whatever." So exciting times! You are. It's a young company. It's a, it's a great idea. I think it's a big idea, and you uh, sounds like you just got married, so you'll have a need for one of your own products very soon if you choose yeah, to go that way. So. <laughs> you got one. In, you got you got a custom build in mind. How are you going to pimp your pram? <laughs> I think I'll leave that one up to the wife. <laughs> so she's already got something yeah. planned for yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct. Oh, good yeah. on you, Tahir, mate. I think it's a great story. And as I said, early days, and I, I reckon it sounds like there's some great growth ahead of you. And you, I, I love your entrepreneurial spirit and your willingness to kind of try things and and do things a little bit differently. So well done, mate. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks very much, Tim. It's been a, a pleasure chatting to you. <laughs> What a good fella Tar here is. I've got top, my top five learnings that I'm going to share with you very shortly. But before I do, let's talk about getting some design fixes done in your business. It is a little secret that many smart business owners everywhere are onto. Have you got marketing materials lying around that need a little tweaking? Maybe the details on your business card need updating, your logo needs altering, or you'd like to change the colour of that beige short shirt you accidentally wore in your profile shot. Damn that! Don't worry, it can all be fixed. That'll be $19 and it'll be done in an hour thanks to Swiftly.com. Small design fixes fast, that's exactly how they roll. You simply upload the artwork that needs fixing, tell them what needs doing, and bang, one hour and $19 later, it's done. Check them out. That's swiftly.com, S-W-I-F-T-L-Y. Now, I hope you enjoyed that little fireside chat with Tahir from Rosie Baby. Plenty of gold in there, I reckon. I'm going to give you my top five learnings from that. Number one, custom offerings. I just love that whole idea of providing, uh, giving your customers the opportunity to personalize the service or the product that you deliver to them. So uh, have a think about how you could do that in your business. Number two, challenge the status quo. Take a risk. Be a disruptor like Miss Chu did. If, you have, if you've listened to episode 186 of this show, Miss Chu was also a massive disruptor in her category. So I think we need to sort of challenge the conventions of the category in which we operate more often, just like Tahir has done. Number three, surround yourself with good people. Sounds obvious. The fact that you're listening to this show means that you are surrounding yourself with good people because the guests that come through these doors, they're good people. And likewise, read good books. Surround yourself with a good network of people who have been there and done that. And surround yourself with positivity. Number four, address fears. If you do have an online business, um, figure out all the fears that people have uh, that stop them from handing over their hard-earned to you. And even if you don't have an online business, there's still fears, you know, so uh, think about what they are. Ask customers and prospects, you know, what stops you from buying from a business like this and, and address them. Number five, I do love the publicity strategy that Tahir embarked on, going and spending a few thousand dollars on a, on a PR agency to get them, uh, to get you, to get him, I should say, uh, coverage in TV, magazines, press, blogs, podcasts, etc. I think it's a really smart idea. I'd love to know what your learning was from that episode. So head head over to episode 187 at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com 
and share your learnings. That way we can all grow together. Now, speaking of leaving comments on the show notes for this show, uh, we asked for that to happen in episode 185, where I interviewed Ryan Clark from Cactus Skincare. Very interesting interview, lots of discussion around that. Ryan was the fellow who went about changing himself, his personality, in order to uh, help market his business. It was very interesting, a little bit controversial. Now, uh, Ryan was from Cactus Skincare. They make uh, all sorts of, you know, moisturizers and lotions and all that type of stuff. And he kindly offered a $159 uh, skincare hamper to the best blog comment. So we got about 20, and uh, I would love to announce the winner. Now, before I announce the winner, there is a very, very close runner-up, and it is the Fat Badger. Now, uh, the Fat Badger, he left a very long comment, and it was very insightful. I'll just read you some snippets of it. He says, equal credit must go to both Timbo and Ryan for this week's episode. The interview started a little shaky, and you had every right to expect more from a self-promoted guest, Timbo. Ryan's sales spiel that I presume had worked for him since the relaunch of the brand began taking on water under the tight weight of Tim's desire for details. Uh, He goes on to say, I've got to congratulate Ryan, though, for suggesting himself as a guest and putting himself out there for what was ultimately as much a test of his character as it was a test of his marketing abilities. I totally agree with that, Fat Badger. Ryan let his defences down, dropped his adopted persona and realised that it's okay to not have all the answers and that to ask for help and advice is not a sign of weakness, but one of strength. Good advice for all, I believe. Ryan, best of luck to you. Timbo, another magical performance. Great work, Fat Badger. Really appreciate your um, your involvement and uh, passion for this show. But the winner of the most insightful blog comment for episode 185, and this person is going to have the softest, most radiant skin known to man, is Greg Katerin. I'm going to spell that C-A-D-O-R-I-N. And Greg says, great interview, Timbo. For me, there was some great ideas. Three of them. Seeding, be shareable. Uh, by the way, what he meant by seeding was the way Ryan shared his product amongst um, celebrities so that they talked about it. Be shareable and presenting the business owner in a positive light or at least the way the customer expects them. For me, though, the most crucial take-home was the whole free samples issue. I'm of the opinion that too many conditions, generally any conditions, can easily kill a promotion. The trouble is that when the customer invests nothing, in this case not even the time to visit the brick and mortar premises because Ryan's business was online, you can be overrun with cheapskates who only want the free stuff. I would suggest that the people who frequent those freebie offer sites almost exclusively have no intention of buying any of the products they want for free. Great comment, Greg. And you, you're right, mate. What Ryan did was put a small price, it was 6 or $8, on requesting uh, some free samples from Cactus Skincare. That way, everyone's got some skin in the game. Excuse the pun. Hey, Greg, uh, mate, I'll leave a comment on the, the show notes for episode 185, but feel free to make contact to me, Tim, at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, and we will sort you out with that prize. Thanks so much, mate. Mate. 
That is it for episode 187 of Australia's number one marketing show. Um, join the forum. I'd love to see you inside there at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Click on the forum button. Remember, Net Registry are there to get your online marketing sorted. Netregistry.com.au. And swiftly for all your small design fixes done fast. Next week's episode, not telling. But as I said at the start, we have got uh, Siri. Karen Jacobson, a.k.a. Siri, uh, will be on the show in the coming weeks. Lots going on. I'm Timbo Reid. You've been smart enough to tune into the world's number one small business marketing show. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.